My name is Travis, and I'm the pastor here at New Life Wilsonville, and I'm really glad that you are with us this morning, because this morning we get to look at God. Two weeks ago, we were looking at the beginning of chapter 3 of Romans, and we discovered that while there is an advantage to having the scriptures, we are no better off, right? Do you remember that? Those of you who were here, that I know that was a long time ago and much has happened since then. Uh, but we, we discovered that there is an advantage in having the Scriptures, in, in having the truth of God and seeing who He is through those Scriptures because you know this is who God is. You can see from the very beginning that God created the world and everything in it and how He set up and ordered all of our existence and how it was supposed to work. And you see all of that and, and you know how wonderful He is and you can say, yes, that's wonderful. I want to follow Him. I want to love and acknowledge Him. And so there's great advantage in having the Scriptures, but we're no better off. Because the reality is that we all sin, right? We all uh, don't do the things that God has designed us to do, and so we are sinful. And, and in chapter 3 of Romans, if you're looking at verse 9 and, and following, there's just this whole bunch of quotes from Scripture that I'm just going to read to you just to, uh, by way of reminder. None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God, all have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave, they use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips, their mouth is full of curses and bitterness, their feet are swift to shed blood, in their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. And it's a reminder to us that, yes, there's a huge advantage in knowing who God is and having the Scriptures so that you can see Him and understand Him, but you're no better off with just the Scriptures. Because even though we know what we're supposed to be doing and how we're supposed to be living, no one does it. And because of that, we're all in this terrible position. And that sets us up. Now for verse 21 of Romans chapter 3. But now, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Now, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. It has been revealed to us. It has been shown to us. Right? Like, like this is being manifested right before you. The, the projector is projecting it on the wall and it's coming into view and you can see it. 
And Paul is writing to uh, this church at Rome and he's reminding them that, yes, you have the Scriptures and so you have an advantage there, but you're no better off. But now, apart from the Law and the Prophets, apart from the Scriptures, right? The, when, when the uh, Bible says Law and Prophets, just, it's just um, referring to the whole Old Testament altogether in one group. And so he's saying, yeah, you have the whole thing, but now, now, the righteousness of God is being made manifest, it's being shown apart from the law and the prophets. And now to the, to the, the Jewish reader, as they're reading this letter from Paul and they're going, well, this is, this is some difficult stuff to get my mind around and hang on to this. He's going, wait, 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 what do you mean? What do you mean? He's revealing himself apart from the law. The law is the way he reveals himself. And and I will say that I have a very high view of the Scriptures and say, oh yes, this is how God reveals himself. God doesn't reveal himself through another way. This this is the, the way that God reveals himself. It's through his word to us. So that we can see it. Which is why when I stand up here to preach, we open up the Bible and we just read it. Right? Because we have this a high view of the Scriptures. I can stand up here and tell you all kinds of things that I think, and that doesn't matter at all, which is why I try and stay in the text. <laughs> Thanks. But he says, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although, he does say, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. They, they do bear witness to it. They do explain it, talk about it, share it, preview it. But this is the righteousness of God being revealed. Verse 22, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. That is to say, everything else that God had done up till Jesus previewed and showed what God was going to do, but His glory and His righteousness was actually being manifested and presented to the whole world through Jesus. He was showing Himself as, this is who I am. This is who I am. Which is pretty incredible. Because God created the whole thing to begin with. The whole thing was designed to display His glory. The whole thing was designed to show off who He is. In fact, when He created it, He created it and He put things together and He goes, oh, that's good. And He put some more of it together and He goes, oh, that's good. And He put some more of it together and He that is very good. He designed it and created it so that everything worked together and it was good. And as I was trying to think of examples of that, that that just makes us look at it and go, wow, that's that's just great. The the thing that I thought of was was stuff that spins. I I don't know why that just grabbed me. But but stuff that spins because it's it's properly balanced. And so it just, it just, whether it's a top, you know, a really good top, not one of those cheap trinkety tops, those, don't bother. A good top, though, that's properly balanced, just spins and spins so tight and so well. 
or, or a, a tire, right? A wheel. Now, uh, my family, we love cycling. And a, a properly balanced tire, it's really nice. You, you flip the bike upside down and you just, you check it to make sure it's right. You spin it and zzzz, And you check it from this side and yep, look, just looks like a circle as it spins. And you check it from this side and there's no wiggle to it at all. It just, that's just the way it's supposed to be. Or a, a frisbee, a really well-thrown frisbee. Come on, I know some of you guys play frisbee. Okay, good. <laughs> a really well-thrown frisbee. It just looks like it's hanging there in the air as it's spinning, right? And the way that God created the world is like that. Everything just works together exactly the way it's supposed to. And you just look at it and go, yes, this is God's glory on display. And of the creation, he created mankind and said, and you are going to be in my image and you are going to reveal me to the world. Man, he's awesome. The righteousness of God is now being made manifest through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. It says, now all of that culminates and we see it in Jesus being revealed. For there's no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. That's a mouthful. But he takes us back and is saying, look, you had the law, you had the scriptures that was of advantage to you, but you were no better off because you sin. And so now God's righteousness is being revealed to us apart from that law. Because there's no distinction between people who have the law and who don't have the law. They're all the same. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We don't just mean that God is more glorious than anything else and nobody else reaches that level, right? We're not talking about all the basketball players in the world and then you have like Michael Jordan and LeBron James and nobody else reaches that kind of level of basketball. We're not talking about that. We're talking about God created the world and designed it to reveal His glory and it doesn't anymore. Because people sinned and they messed it up. And so it's out of balance and it's out of whack and it's sort of there, but it's not like it's supposed to be. I, I was, used to play Ultimate Frisbee quite a lot, and I really liked it. And you, you'd throw the Frisbee and I already mentioned that it's beautiful when it sails through the air. And I had a really good Frisbee. And we were playing Frisbee, and somebody threw it, and one of my teammates grabbed it, and he scored. And he's like, yes! And he spiked my Frisbee. Like it was a football. And what we say happens when you spike a Frisbee is that he tacoed it. That is to say... The round frisbee looks like a taco. And of course it springs back and I, you tacoed my frisbee. He goes, it's fine. 
It isn't fine, man. Throw it. It looked like a duck. That's not beautiful. A frisbee's not supposed to look like a duck flying through the air. We played a miserable second half of the day. Anyway, back to the Bible. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's not all working together like it's supposed to anymore. It doesn't look all beautiful. Stuff is messed up. Mankind sinned and now everything doesn't quite work the way it's supposed to. We've got all these weeds we have to deal with. We've got this pain in childbirth. We've got this struggle between people. We've got struggle between people and God. And everything just isn't quite right. It's sort of there, but not quite. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And what we realize is that not only is the whole world not quite right in displaying the glory of God like it's supposed to be, but every single individual in it is the same way. So we each, created in the image of God, should be displaying His glory and revealing His character because we were made in His image. We should be in His likeness. And we got tacoed. And we're just not quite right. And a lot of times we think of it in a really individualized way. Like, oh yeah, I got this sin thing, and so that's kind of uncomfortable for me. Because I do this stuff that I don't really like to do, and then there end up being these consequences that I don't appreciate. And it feels like this very me-centered thing. Like, my sin is my problem, and everybody messes up, so we all have to sort of deal with it. It's just part of being human. But the reality is, it's not supposed to be part of being human. Because when we sin, we don't display the image of God like we're supposed to be. It's not just that there are consequences or it makes life uncomfortable for us because of our sin, but we actually are not functioning the way that we're supposed to be and we're not displaying the image of God like we're supposed to. Right? Like as if the projector was out of focus and everything looks fuzzy. Or like you're the picture of God, but every day you just keep sort of shoving yourself in your pocket and then pulling it out. Man, it's getting a little bit crumpled in there. I wonder if if I can just take a pen and like write on it a little bit. Then you cut cut off a corner or something and it gets bent. And, And that's what's happening with our sin is we're no longer properly displaying the image of God. We're just sort of marring it. And all of us are doing that. So all of creation isn't doing it quite right anymore. And each of us as individuals aren't doing it quite right anymore. And so God has this issue where he's looking at it going, this isn't right anymore. I created it and said it was good. It's very good. This is wonderful. This is what, this is really represents who I am. And now he's looking at it going, that's not who I am. This isn't revealing my glory anymore. What's he going to do about that? How's he going to handle that? If I'm drawing a picture and I draw something and I don't like the way that it looks, I'm just going to take an eraser and go, 
forget this. Or I'm going to crumple it up and throw it away. I'm just going to start over. That was really bad. What's God going to do? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift. They're justified by God's grace. If, remember the, the wheels that I was talking about? The bicycle wheels? Sometimes you spin that wheel and it doesn't go in a perfect circle. Right? You look at it from the side and it looks it has this shimmy in it. And we hate the shimmy. And so you have to, you have to true it up. You have to, to get the chain fit right, and you have to get the, the wheel aligned right, and you have to grease all the stuff so that it, it spins correctly. And you shore it up. You, you justify it. You true it up with the way that it's supposed to be. And so what God is doing is He's, he's going in and He's truing it up. He's justifying it. This is His, his grace given as a gift that He does this. And the way he does it is through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. He looked at all of it and he went, okay, that's messed up, that's messed up, that's messed up. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send my son. And my son is going to fix this. And so Jesus came. And it says, and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. And some of you are going, sweet! And others of you are going, what is a propitiation? A propitiation is the satisfaction of God's wrath. It's the means by which He is able to forgive us. It's the mechanism by which He is truing up the wheel. It's the propitiation. Jesus is given as the propitiation by His blood. So as Jesus came, we, we all have sinned, right? And what... Going way back now to the beginning of Romans. Romans 6.23. Who can remember Romans 6.23? It's been a while since we reviewed it. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Were you cheating? Was it up there the whole time? <laughs> the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. Because we're not displaying the glory of God like we're supposed to be. We should be dead. Erased. Wiped out. But the gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so if we go back now to Romans uh, 3... It says, God put Jesus forward in verse 25 as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. So Jesus is, is the, the death, the sacrifice that covers our wages, the, the things that we deserved or have earned for our sin. Jesus covers that in His death on the cross. And when we believe that, then it has impact for us. It trues us up 
Because we receive His righteousness. And so He's working in us, chewing each of us up the way that we're supposed to be. And by doing this, He's working on the whole of creation. And someday, He'll do the whole thing and it will all, again, be perfect just as God designed it to be, fulfilling His glory. And this is being made manifest through Jesus. How does this happen? This was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance, He passed over former sins. When He was looking at this going, we have a problem here. This thing is broken and it's not working the way it's supposed to be. It's not revealing who I am the way it's supposed to. He could have just wiped the whole thing out right then, but instead He displayed His patience. His forbearance. He waited. Was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance He passed over former sins. And it was to show His righteousness at the present time so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. God is righteous. He's right. He's correct. He's holy. He's perfect. And when His creation doesn't reflect that, He says, I need to display that I am just. I am right and true and correct, even though this thing isn't. And in order to both be just and also to justify the creation and the people of the creation so that they match His glory, He sends His Son so that He can do both things at the same time. Wow. That's pretty awesome. He didn't just get rid of it. He didn't just say, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Blam! He could have. But to reveal His glory and who He was so that He could be both just and the justifier, He instead comes in and goes, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. And the way that I'm going to fix it is by giving My Son as the propitiation. I'm not just going to ignore the issues. I'm not just going to tinker with it and fix it and make it look like there weren't any issues ever there. I am instead going to deal with the issues, pay for the sins, deal with the whole thing so that I can remain just, but also be the justifier. He's awesome. He's awesome. It was to show His righteousness at the present time so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. The way that we get that is that we believe in Jesus. We say yes. God sent His Son to die for my sin so that I might receive the righteousness of Jesus 
so that I might be correct and true the way that I'm supposed to be. So that the sin doesn't mess up the image of God in me because Christ's righteousness is given to me instead. So that I can display who He is and His glory. So I'm no longer falling short of the glory of God. Because I have Jesus' righteousness in me. In Colossians 1.15, we see this description of Jesus and the manifesting of God's glory through Him. We read this at the beginning. We read a, a part of this at the beginning. But I just want you to read and listen to this description of Jesus as it describes how He manifests God's glory. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things. And in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything He might be preeminent. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. And you, who were once alienated, and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which is being proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister." And now we all, as Christians, are the same. This is the glory of God. This is the good news. That Jesus came before. That Jesus created. That Jesus holds it together. That Jesus is just. That He is the justifier. That He has died for our sins. That we might praise Him. So that we might be reconciled to God. This is why we come to worship. Because God is so fantastic. There is nothing better we could do. Let's pray and then praise Him. Our Father in Heaven, we are so grateful that You have revealed to us who You are through Your Word, that we might see You as both just and the justifier. That You created all things beautifully, and when they were marred by sin, You corrected it by giving Your Son as a propitiation for our sins. That we now might be redeemed, brought into Your presence, and worship You for Your glorious 
greatness. How awesome you are. And so, Lord, now we sing together to worship you. Our God and our Savior. Amen.